Where's the camera? So, reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, first canon of chapter 3. This chapter is about avatar tattva. And two of the sages' questions that uh, they asked of Sutta Goswami in the first chapter are answered herein. first question was, they wanted to hear about his avatars. So, the avatars of Krishna have, many of them have been discussed. A good kind of range of different types of avatars has been listed. And of course, there are innumerable avatars, but a selection, a, a pretty good selection of different types and so forth. You know, this is a, uh, a good part of Gaudi Vaishnavism, this kind of fine discrimination between different manifestations of divinity, very subtle uh, distinctions. Guna avatars, manvantara avatar, lila avatar, yuga avatar, and so on and so forth. And, of course, in the context of hearing about the avatars, we had a... Uh, Sutta Goswami made the definitive statement, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. Hmm? This is the Paribha Sutra, the key to unlock the whole tattva of Srimad Bhagavatam. Hmm. And passing through that, uh, we come to the end of the chapter. Now we're in the last section. It's constituted of five verses, which are all about the book Bhagavatam itself. Hmm? We've heard the Bhagavatam is a type of avatar in book form. Hmm? Puranam Brahma Samitam. It is Brahma Samitam. It is equal to Brahma. And Brahma means... Uh, Param Brahma, Krishna. So, it's a kind of a book avatar, if you will. Ishvara, what is it? Idam Bhagavatam Nama Purana Brahma Samitam Uttama Sloka Charitam Chakara Bhagavan Nishi Nishaya Shaya Tanyam Svastyayanam Mahat. Having said that, glorified the Bhagavatam, mentioned it, spoke it. Chakara Bhagavan Rishi, it's compiled by Vyas, who's Bhagavan himself, Shakyavesh, avatar. It's Uttama Sloka Charit. The character of, of, of Bhagavan Sri Krishna is described in beautiful poetry. Nishayashaya Lokasya, Danyam Svastyayana Mahat. It's for the ultimate good of all, all people. Having said that, he then spoke about the history, Sutta Goswami, of his own hearing the Bhagavatam from Sukadeva Goswami. Hmm? He spoke about Sukadeva Goswami as Atmaram and um, appearing in the assembly hmm? um, of, and he, then he spoke about Raj Parikshit, so the principal speaker, the principal hearer and the context in which Sudha Goswami heard the Bhagavatam has been related. Now we come to the, the, um, one, two, three, the fourth of five concluding verses of this chapter, all of which, as I say, deal with Srimad Bhagavatam. And this uh, fourth verse is the second to the last verse, 
to this chapter, and it corresponds with the last verse of the first chapter, where another of the six questions of the sages at Naimasharani is asked. Remember, now one of the questions was about, tell us about his avatars. That has been answered in this chapter. I said another question is also answered. So that question comes at the end of the first chapter. Bruhi Yogeshwari Krishna. Bruhi Yogeshwari Krishna. Dharma Bhartmani. He says, uh, please, Bruhi, you tell us um, uh, about... Krishna, who is Yogeshwar, Brahmanye, Dharma Varmani, he's the protector of Dharma. Varmani means like armor. He he bears the armor to establish uh, Dharma, kind of the invincible upholder of the Dharma. And he's he's gone. He's departed. So who then will protect Dharma? and gown and so forth in his absence. This was their question. Where will we go for for that now that he has disappeared? So that is the last of the six questions and the answer to that comes here in this verse in particular in the context of, as I say, speaking directly about the Bhagavatam, the text that Sutta Goswami is going to be reiterating, re, re, retelling what he heard and the assembly of uh, Raj Parikshit and Tsukumuni. Hmm? So he says, Krishna Swadhamu Pagate Dharma Gyana Dibisaha Kolo Nastadishalmesha Puran Arka Dunoditaha. Krishna Swadhama. So Krishna Swadham. Krishna is not uh, alone. Hmm? It's Krishna Swadham. So with his abode. Krishna appears with his abode, Krishna leaves with his abode, and Krishna leaves his abode here. <laughs> and also stays in, stays there, invisibly. Hmm? But um, here it says either, you can take it either way, he left with his own abode, or he left and Krishna Sodam Upagate. Upagate means like he left or he, 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 he departed. So he, he, he left with his abode or he departed to his abode. Mm-hmm. Both are true. Mm-hmm. If we read Srimad Bhagavatam, we may be very touched by the Brajalila. Mm-hmm. Krishna leaves the Brajalila, apparently, ostensibly at about 11 years old and goes to Mathura and he kills Kamsa. From there he goes to Dwarka and establishes his city and, and in so many ways establishes the Dharma. All of these pastimes, Mathura and Dwarka pastimes, are all ultimately for the purpose of shedding light back on the Brajlila to showcase its excellence. Hmm? That we might have that ideal in mind for ourselves. Hmm? And... Given that the inhabitants of Vrindavan are so dear to Krishna, Krishna leaves, apparently. He goes to Mathura, he goes to Dwarka, and then what happens? He goes to Prabhas, and there is the destruction of the Yadu dynasty and and uh, the story of Krishna's departure. It's not a popular story because the devotees don't like to talk about the disappearance 
of Bhagawan, but the story is that he was shot in the foot with an arrow and died. So people will say, well, this he. <laughs> and they are calling him God, and, he, and our God died and rose from the dead, and their God has died by an arrow, <laughs> shot by an arrow. Hmm? But this is not very well thought out. Hmm? If you take the many, many leelas of Krishna that are described in his prowess and so forth and so on, you can understand, how could such a person die from an arrow only? Hmm? When he was uh, showered, for example, with uh, uh, arrows, for example, the Kurukshetra War by Bhishma, which he, uh, he, he, he found them to be like flower offerings. Hmm? He was showered with arrows. So so many precarious situations Krishna was in that proved his supernatural nature that... Uh, that uh, really that he was, um, uh, it was not possible to kill him. I mean, it, 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 there are many ways in which an ordinary person who would just die from a, you know, it's not the, the arrow in the foot. You know, it's not in the heart, it's not in the head, it's in the foot, left foot, I think. And uh, so the, 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 you put this together and you say, oh, this is a particular leela now he's performing. Hmm? The, the, the Moshala leela, the leela of his apparent death. And the Acharyas have commented on, commented on that extensively to help us understand it in the context of the entirety of the Bhagavatam. Hmm? But my point only in bringing this up, not to dwell on this disappearance, is that it would appear that despite the importance of the Brajalila, which is really what's being showcased and which what we uh, expect it to be attracted to if we understand the Bhagavatam accurately, it's full of beautiful devotees longing for Krishna's return and it appears that he never returns. If you read the Bhagavatam, he left at Prabhas. So, what, so you've read the Bhagavatam, have you ever thought about that? What happened to all those people? What happened to Nanda, Dushoda, Lalita, Vishaka, Radha, Sridham, Subal, Raktak, Patrak? Hmm? Hmm. Dhavali and uh, all of the different Krishna's different cows, and uh, but he knew everyone by their personal name. Each, each and every cow, of each of nine Nandamarsha's nine hundred thousand cows, he knew each one by name and would call them. What kind of love is there, and how, how what, what he promised to return also. Uh, he told to Uddhava he would return. The inhabitants were not satisfied. Uddhava doesn't quite speak the Brajbas. Hmm? He has a different bhava. Hmm? He went to Braj to deliver a message, only to learn himself. The learned Uddhava went to teach Brahmagyan to the gopis and, uh, and uh, inhabitants of Vrindavan, only to find a different teaching, to be edified himself. Hmm? about a kind of love, he said, Shruti Bimbrigyam, that transcends the Shruti. And the Shruti is like pointing in that direction, but it's beyond that. Hmm. Krishna sent him there ostensibly to bring message and educate the gopis, but he got educated. Hmm. So, Balaram was sent. Now Balaram, he's Pratipasi, so he, has, he can speak the language of that place. He went to pacify them. He assured them Krishna will return shortly. Hmm. But it appears that he never returned. And we read the Bhagavatam and not even think about that. Hmm? 
to how much have we understood Srimad Bhagavatam. If we read Bhagavatam correctly, when we get to the end, we think, what? He never returned to Vrindavan? How, can it, how is it possible? We'll faint to think, how is it possible that he could not return? The book is incomplete. Something's wrong. Hmm? But this does not come to our mind. Because we are not doing that. Hmm? Nishta, whose bhajan, whose practice is steady. It's not anishta, up and down, up and down. Hmm? Has real connection with this. Hmm? Uh, this is the beginning of real, uh, consistent, experiential, spiritual life. Hmm? That person also has thought the Bhagavatam out very carefully. Nityam Bhagavata Sebhya. Studying very carefully, reading very carefully all these things. Hmm? You come to the conclusion that there's a problem here. Hmm? Krishna never returned. There's, there's something wrong with the book. Vyas forgot the chapter or something. Hmm? Uh, so the Goswamis, of course, they were these kind of readers and more of Bhagavatam. And if we study their commentary, we see they, they, they found a way to demonstrate from the verses of the Bhagavatam themselves that Krishna did return. Hmm? Then they drew upon Padma Purana, Harivam's Purana, for support for the idea hmm? and explained. It's mentioned in the first canto that, that the inhabitants of Dwarka express some separation from Krishna. They say, when he goes away, hmm? At times, we feel his separation is very painful for us. And the words they use, uh, forget the verse exactly, but the Goswamis have drawn form from it and shown how they are indicating Krishna having gone to Mathura. Hmm? And he went to Mathura to kill Bhidurata and, who was the other one? Dantavakra. These are the last of the demons that Krishna slayed. Hmm? He went there for that purpose. Dandavakra didn't want to fight with Krishna in Dwarka where he had all his armies, so he lured him with his boasting and so forth to Mathura. And he thought also, hmm, now when Krishna came to fight with Jarasandha, he couldn't, he didn't fight Jarasandha, but he, he let um, Bhima fight with a club, and Bhima was successful. So Krishna's probably not very good at fighting with a club, he thought. Smart guy, not too smart. So he thought, I'll fight Krishna with a club and I'll fight him away from his base of soldiers and everything. I'll draw him to this more simple place, Mathura, along the bank of the Jumun. Of course, Krishna went and defeated him and Goswami said that demonstrated that having gone there, drawing from Parivam's Purana, from Padma Purana, he jumped, he came across the Jumuna. Hmm? How, could he, how could he come to Mathura? Hmm? And his work is done. Hmm? Establishing the Dharma, it's destroying the miscreants. Paritanaya sadhanam vinashaya taduskritam dharma samstapanata sambhavami duge duge. What is the main idea? Paritanaya sadhanam or vinashaya taduskritam. Vinashaya means, duskritam means to destroy the miscreants. Is this the main idea for Krishna coming? No. Hmm. Why is Krishna coming? Because there are some devotees, they have attained a stage in their practice, surup siddhi, in bhava, hmm? 
they've attained such a such a stage. Hmm? And now they have attained Prem. Hmm? They are in Swarup Siddhi. They need to attain in the language of Bhakti you know Bastu Siddhi. So they need to take birth somehow in the Leela hmm? and associate with the Nityasiddhas and develop their Prem, their Staibhav in terms of sneha, man, pranai, rag, anurag, bhav, mahabhav. These are all developments of the stai, the dominant emotion, relative to brajapakti, not to vaikuntha. Prem and go to vaikuntha. Nara did that, right? He passed and he got his dina and he, there he was. But if you want to enter the braj, then it's another thing. You have to take another birth. You have to take a few births. You have to take, you get to attain bhav, then you have to take one more birth. And then in that birth, after attaining Bhav, coming to Bhav second time, you attain Prem. Then you have to take another birth. So three births. Then. That's birth in the Leela. Hmm? Krishna comes for that then. This is one of the reasons. The main reason. He comes, Paritranaya, Sadunam, to get protection of the devotees. But what protection do, do devotees need? Hmm? They have no suffering. They have no anxiety. Hmm? Maybe they have some anxiety for others. If they have any personal anxiety, this, this separation from Krishna has reached a pitch that union must take place. And Krishna comes for this to protect the devotees, to protect them from the pangs of separation hmm? and take them into his abode. Hmm? So he's coming for this reason. Hmm? He comes all the way back to Mathura. How can he not go the the Vinashaya the, 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 that's over destroying the miscreants Dantavakra and Vidurata uh, these are the last of the demons it's over hmm? practically it's over hmm? there's a little more work to do hmm? he has to do, do away with the, the Yadus themselves <laughs> so that's another thing so, so he crosses across the Jamuna he spends two months in Braj hmm? We're reading about this in Gopal Champu. Now, this is the section we're reading. Jiva Goswami has brought it all out beautifully. The return of Krishna to the Braj. And then he will take them all, his own Swadham, and leave the world. And take all the newcomers with him, all the sadhakas with him. So, Krishna Swadham, he's not without his Dham. He comes to showcase the Dham. To bring more people in and then depart with his dom. Hmm? This Krishna departs and then Krishna, another Krishna, another a face of Krishna, if you will, not the full face, Swayam Bhagavan of Krishna, comes to deal with the Yadu dynasty and the situation in Dwarka and die from the arrow apparently and so forth. So Krishna is Swadhamo. Hmm? Swadham. Krishna is not alone. He's with his dom, with Govardhan, with Jamuna. Hmm? with um, Ramamriti and all the associated devotees. If we get close to Krishna, that's what we find in the bhajans of advanced devotees when they sing about Braj. We start to hear about Nanda. We hear about Yashoda, Lalita Saki. We hear about Govardhan, Jamuna, all these things. We don't hear about me and Krishna, me and Krishna only. No. There's all uh, the attendant associates of Krishna that that define Krishna. In other words, this these personifications of love of Krishna, Lalita, Vishaka, Sridam, Subal, Nanda, Dishoda, without them there is no Krishna. Without Radha there is no Krishna. 
Radha's love for Krishna is one with Krishna. Krishna corresponds with her love. Abed, Abed, one and different. So there's no, there's no, if we hear the song of some mystic talking about me and Krishna, we think, <laughs> if there's no Nanda, no Yashoda, no, no other associates, how close are you? What are you seeing? What are you experiencing? This is imagination only. Hmm? Krishna is not alone. He has his dham. So Krishna Swadhamo Pagate. So he returned with his dham, you could say. He takes everybody with him. Hmm? Krishna Swadhamo Pagate. And yes, he is Dharma Adi. What does that mean? The definition of Bhagwan, God, if you will, is uh, given by Parashara. Parashara is the, the father of Vyas. And uh, he gave a nice verse. Aishvaryasa samagrasya viryasya yasashasriya. He mentions six sad aishwarya, jnana, knowledge, renunciation, fame, uh, um, wealth, mm, mm, strength, strength yeah. so forth. Mm. The, so dharma, jnana, adi, adi means etc. It means he went with his six opulences, mm. all of them. He is... In, in a sense, defined by these six opulences, and that they all constitute a a, a uh, kind of attraction. They, if we, if someone has knowledge, we are attracted to them. If someone has uh, renunciation, we are attracted to them. If they have wealth, we are attracted. If beauty, we are attracted. So the implication of Parashar's verse is that one who has all these six opulences completely in full, he is bhag. Bhag means these opulences one. Possessor of all, and he is God. Jiva Goswami has defined it like this: He is irresistible. Hmm? The Bhagawan, who is all attractive, all—that's uh, uh, the meaning of the word Krishna. All attractive, all wealth, all knowledge, all beauty, all renunciation—and he showed all these things. If, see, if we study the Leela carefully, we see he showed a kind of knowledge that uh, that is uh, was incomparable amongst uh, at the time you take bhagavad gita hmm? bhagavad gita this is uh, some some of the some of the, some of the knowledge of krishna in a passing conversation with his friend hmm? in about a 45 minute conversation before krishna gave a bhagavad gita that that is 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 even in even in the modern society thousands of years or whatever it is later hmm? Hmm? In a, in a materialistic society, largely, this, this book has currency amongst thoughtful, young, and educated people. Hmm? And as I said before, amongst scriptures in the major religions in the world, it is not a book about believing. It is a book about the nature of being. Hmm? And when you hear it, you, you don't have to believe in it. You, it's talking about the nature of consciousness. Hmm? in a way that's very compelling. There are other ideas about consciousness, but uh, they don't really hold their weight against Bhagavad Gita. Hmm? So, this is an example of his knowledge and beauty and so on and so forth. So he exhibited this way himself to be God by Parashara's definition and a good definition. Hmm? He who is irresistible, all attractive, not he who is wrathful, and uh, <laughs> judgmental, 
and uh, mean spirited. So that may, as some other depictions of God may 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 may, may sound the picture they may draw up in in the mind. Some guy on a white cloud with a beard, no face, but keeping score. Hmm. He did a bad thing. He did a good thing. Okay, no, hmm. he's actually not even concerned about the world. Hmm. And Swayam Bhagavan Sri Krishna, all kind, all merciful. Hmm. Yeah. He has to come out of Vrindavan to really work to establish Dharma. Hmm. In Vrindavan, he's not even concerned with that. Hmm. Just loving. He gave Putana Vatsalya Rasa. Hmm. So, Dharma Gyanan Ibisa, it's a good question. He left, and he is the personification of dharma and gyan etc hmm? so good question who's where the who will protect that now in any way that could possibly compare to the way in which krishna established dharma and uh, and, and, and demonstrated knowledge, uh, knowledge shared knowledge and um, uh, expressed uh, what is beauty and so everything pales in comparison so it's a good question and that they asked, and Sutta Goswami is saying, yeah. I mean, he did go with all when all these things go with him. So he said, where do we go for that? Now, having had that experience, and they are close to that in time, hmm? and what can possibly compare? They're they're feeling a sense of loss. Hmm? They're hearing about Krishna now in a way they hadn't before. Uh, by the presence of Sutta Goswami, they're attracted and thinking, well, we, we came close to that and now he's gone. What, how will we possibly replace that in their life? And the answer comes. What? He says, Kolo Nasta Dushamesha. So there's a reference to Kali Yuga. He said, it is Kali Yuga now. The departure of Krishna from the world is the beginning of the Kali Yuga. Kolo Dusham. Kali Yuga, of course, what is Kali Yuga? Now, people will say, we don't believe in these Yuga cycles and thousands and thousands of years and so forth. We have a history of the world based on scientific evidence and so on. And, uh, and if you look at that body of knowledge, then the idea of the yugas, you have to think, well, how are we going to balance that and so forth. You have to take the essential idea here of yugas. Yugas speak about the cyclical nature of time. Hmm? The time is cyclical by nature. The universe expands and contracts and so forth. As nature comes and goes and cycles, summer, winter, spring and fall. This is not a simplistic idea. The circle is the perfect. Is perfect. A line will never satisfy it. Just going, going, where does it go? Where did it start? It disturbs the mind. The circle is beautiful. It's complete. It starts. And it also, the circle takes you beyond thought. What comes first, the seed or the tree? Uh, you have to stop thinking. Hmm? And that's good. <laughs> because you will know, not by thinking, but by transcending the limits of thought. Hmm? So, hmm. one of the implications of the idea of the yugas, of course, is that time is cyclical. Now, with regard to Kali Yuga, there are symptoms. So, it is said, there is a lack of austerity in Kali Yuga. There is a lack of mercy. There is a lack of cleanliness. And there is a little bit of truthfulness faltering. Hmm? The description of Kali Yuga is allegorical, metaphorical in Bhagavatam. Hmm? Raj Parikshit meets the Kali 
and he sees that the bull standing on one leg. Hmm? Can you imagine a bull standing on one leg? And, and so, and the, the legs represent these pillars of Dharma, austerity, truthfulness, cleanliness, and, um, what's the other one? Um, mercy, mercy. Hmm? There's a little bit of truthfulness left, and that's wavering. So this is how the Kali Yuga is described. Now, we don't have to be so concerned about when did it start, when will it end, and, and what was the previous cycle? We have to think, is this a time in which there is a lack of austerity? Austerity means the lack of austerity corresponds with the idea, in a sense, loosely, that, that um, of intoxication, which is prohibited in Bhagavatam. It's said to be a haunt of Kali. Intoxication makes one proud, especially the drinking. You drink and you just feel like, hey, I'm really somebody. You know, speaking all kind of nonsense and think that you sound very profound and so forth and so on. So the, uh, there should be uh, austerity with regard to uh, intake of such substances. Cleanliness corresponds with the idea of promiscu- promiscuity, lack of promiscuity, the lack of promiscuity or lack of promiscuity has some correspondence with, how you say, um, cleanliness. So where there is promiscuity, well, we find there could be problems. Therefore, we have, have the idea of these days, safe sex, be careful. Hmm? There are diseases that can be communicated by um, not being clean or being too, I mean, just being too promiscuous is the idea. So just to give it a little bit of a modern uh, twist, there's a lack of cleanliness in the world today. There's, in other words, there's a huge amount of promiscuity. Hmm. And mercy. Well, we know that 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 um, humans are should be the stewards of the earth, if you will, the stewards. And and to be more intelligent the anim- than the animals is not a license to mistreat them. Hmm. And this is wide scale. So when innocent, innocent creatures are mistreated, this is then the epitome of lack of mercy. Hmm? Those under your care, hmm? who, who care for you even, like the domestic animals, in particular we're referring to, there are a class of animals that are domestic. In the words, they domesticate humans and humans domesticate them. There's a meeting between the animal and the human world and it comes in the form of the cow. Hmm? When cow meets humanity, humanity starts to become civilized. They start to till the soil instead of just um, killing the beasts. Hmm? They use the animal in their service and they take the milk. Hmm? And this way, it is said historically that it's not clear whether the humans domesticated the cows or the cows domesticated the humans. Hmm? So, then to mistreat them, and they are gro- grossly mistreated today, this is kind of the height of, of, uh, of uh, lack of mercy. And then, um, what's the other one? Uh, truthfulness. So, it is said, one should have, make an honest living. One should not um, uh, oh, just uh, live off the... Stock market, <laughs> something like that, perhaps. Uh, 
is just kind of, uh, that's not a, really an honest day's work, right? Just to manipulate money. Hmm? And it's move it around and so forth. It's, it's not an honest day's work. This kind of thing should be uh, avoided. So, um, truthfulness. So th- we see then from the simplest, simple explanation of Bhagavatam that it's Kali Yuga. There's a lack of mercy, cleanliness, austerity, and uh, uh, truthfulness. And uh, so it's an inauspicious time. It's not a time that is conducive, really, for the ideas put forth in Srimad Bhagavatam or Bhagavad Gita in many respects. Hmm? So Kali Yuga, then we can say, is upon us, and it's said here, Kalo Nasta Drisham Esha. Nasta Drisham. In Kali Yuga, one becomes lost. His vision is lost. One loses sight hmm, of, the, of the, the purpose of life. We, we find even very well-educated by material standards persons making very powerful and strong arguments uh, against the, uh, the, the supernatural nature of consciousness, trying to turn consciousness into matter and make us out to be no more than automatons and themselves as well. It's a very uh, uh, good example of humans losing the vision of, of and, pr- and purpose in life. Vision means a purpose. So this materialistic idea of consciousness is, is, renders the world meaningless, really, for all intents and purposes. A purposeless life. No overarching meaning to existence. Which is, of course, what every human being intuitively feels, that life has meaning, because they are a unit of meaning and enduring existence as a unit of consciousness. Well, we do have talked about these things at length, but at any rate, in Kali Yuga, then, lost. Vision is lost. So, in Kali Yuga, with the departure of Krishna, hmm, uh, and, and the, the uh, kind of the, uh, all these inauspicious qualities uh, uh, manifesting and so forth, what to do? Hmm? Krishna's gone to his own abode, and here comes the answer. Paranarakadunodita. Hmm? There is another sun. Krishna's often compared to the sun. And the sun is so significant for us. We don't think about it very often, but without the sun, we wouldn't have warmth, we wouldn't have uh, really water, and hmm? no rain, we wouldn't have um, vegetation, we couldn't eat, and so forth. Uh, Big affair, the rising and the setting of the sun every day. And um, in many places, the sun is used as an example of God. If you can spend the whole day thinking about the sun, you can try it. Think about the sun. Where is the sun? Where is the sun? In terms of where I am today. So wait, can you, can you, and you think the sun represents God. You can fix your mind on God all day long. Hmm? He's watching. Now he's peeking over the tree. He's coming. It's dawn. Soon he's coming. There he is. Hmm? Now he's full. Every full. Now he's resting as he goes into the afternoon and so forth. It's a kind of a meditation. So anyway, the sun is often used uh, as an example of God because it's such a prominent, the most prominent feature, perhaps, of of nature. Hmm? So here, then, the, the comparison is given. Arka means the sun. Puranarka. So it says this Purana, the very book. Sudha says, I'm speaking to you about from hmm? what I heard from Sukadeva Goswami. This book is where uh, Dharma and Jnana, etc., will be protected. It have, I've already said, 
Purana Brahma Samhitam. It is non different from Krishna himself. Hmm? So everything that's, uh, that was here with Krishna, if you will, the measure to which he demonstrated charm and beauty and uh, protected dharma and uh, uh, expressed knowledge and so forth, all can be found in Srimad Bhagavatam. Paranartokarko dunodita. At this time, aduna udita. Hmm? At this time, with the setting, it, in the implication is, of the sun of Krishna Lila, Udita, the rising hmm, of the sun, of, the, of another sun, a second sun, hmm, Srimad Bhagavatam, hmm, this Purana, is like the sun. Like the sun means like Krishna. Hmm, and all of the things that Krishna uh, embodied are fully represented and present in Srimad Bhagavatam. Just, he's giving it like a faith-creating kind of statement here. He's like, it's very powerful. He, says, he said, I'm going to speak to you from Bhagavatam. I heard it from Sukadev when he spoke it to Pariksit Marsh, and this is what it is. When the sages hear this, they, they say, wow, this, this is going to be something here. This book is, is deep. Hmm? It's the book, as we said yesterday, that, 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 that is beyond the book because Sukadev didn't need a book. That's the implication. He didn't need to learn anything. His knowledge was outside of the book. Hmm? Still he studies Srimad Bhagavatam from Vyas. So what is it? Itam Bhutabhunohari. So he wants to create faith then, in this way, in his listeners, by a mahima, Bhagavat mahima, glorification of the Bhagavatam. And it's not an exaggeration. Chaitanya Dev, of course, um, is, the, is the ideal person Bhagavatam, and he embraced the book Bhagavatam as if it were his own heart. So this way this sutta has answered their their last question. He hasn't answered all of them, but this is the question they asked last by giving reference to Bhagavatam, a veritable avatar itself, if you will, in book form. And and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught this. As I say, he embraced it as his very heart. He taught every word in Srimad Bhagavatam as Krishna. He showed its um, its depth. For example, we take the Atmarama verse that speaks of of the uh, extraordinary um, event that Sukadev Goswami, a self-realized soul who was beyond the books, still went and studied the book. What kind of book is it? Is the idea he, about this verse he gave to Sarvabhauma Bhattacharya sixty some different explanations of the, of the verse. And after Sarbom had given seven or eight himself and thought, oh, that's the limit of scholarship. I'll teach this boy something. Mahaprabhu, just a boy, 24 years old. And Sarbom thought, he's so charming, so beautiful. How will he keep his sannyas? The world will pull on him. I better educate him in Vedanta. His brother-in-law, Gopinath, said, how are you going to offend Bhagwan like this? Sarbom said, I... Bhagwan this, Bhagwan that. So many people think they're Bhagwan or that their guru is Bhagwan. We go by Shastra. Hmm? Gopinath quoted Shastra. Sarabhama said, well, I don't know if I accept your interpretation. Gopinath said, yes, because actually you can only understand Bhagwan, not simply by study of Shastra, but by his kripa. And you don't have his kripa. And I do, therefore, I understand he's Bhagwan. Sarabhama said, okay, well, whatever. Hmm? <laughs> Mahaprabhu told Gopinath, no, don't stop from educating me. He's my elder. Hmm? He comes from Nabadvipa also. He knew my father, my grandfather. Hmm? 
Let me be educated by him. Seven days he sat. Seven days uh, Sarabhama recited and Mahaprabhu in silence. He, he finished his talk, Sarabhama, with seven different explanations of the Atmarama verse. And then he said, well, what do you think? <laughs> Mahaprabhu said, I don't think too much of your explanations. And when he, when he converted him by his gravity, then Sarabhama said, well, what can you say about this verse? Sixty-some different explanations. This is, a, this is, this is the, the Aishwari of Gyan manifested by Mahaprabhu. Hmm? His Gyan, his Bairagya, this is fully manifest in his Sannyas Leela. Hmm? Sarabhama fainted. Hmm? He fainted. I mean, it's... Sarabhama Bhattacharya, you have to understand, he was the most learned logician in India. He is listed in the Encyclopedia Britannica as the most learned uh, person in the Navanyaya, which was the current form of logic. And he was like the pundit on the TV they'd go for for everything, you know. And so we're going to go now to Sarvabhoma. Hmm? What do you think about this? You know, and his opinion was gold. Hmm? I mean, he, he, had, he had gone, Mithila was the seat of learning, and he was from Nadia. And, he, and, and you could go there and you could learn, but they kept the books there. Hmm? You couldn't take the books anywhere else. And so Sarvabhoma went there, and the book that was the main book of study, he memorized the whole book. Hmm? Then he went to Nadia, and he established Nadia, for the most part, as the new seat of learning. I mean, he was powerful, hmm? Sarvabhoma. And when he passed out upon hearing a 24-year-old boy sannyasi's explanation of Bhagavatam of, six, of one verse 60 times, you can understand, Mahaprabhu was showing the full measure of knowledge. And later, Sanatana Goswami, who is, the, who is the preeminent pundit of Srimad Bhagavatam and devotee of Srimad Bhagavatam, he's the most learned of the Goswamis in Bhagavatam. He used to sit in, in Nadia in, uh, and, uh, in, in the government service and take the day off, really, and he would surround himself by pundits discussing the Srimad Bhagavatam. Hmm? What he has drawn from Bhagavatam all Aracharyas, Chijiva Goswami, Vishwanath Chakrabhitakura, so they're all drawing on Sanatan Prabhu's commentary. Hmm? And his Briya Bhagavatamrita, this is the seminal first book, really, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm? The nectar, the immortal nectar of Srimad Bhagavatam, there he shows the essence. I mean, you see, you read Srimad Bhagavatam, you see, wow, he, how he understood Srimad Bhagavatam. Incredible. What a, how he understood the essence of that. It's a big book, it's difficult to understand. Hmm? Anyway, so Sanatan was then um, instructed by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? And after all the instruction that Mahaprabhu gave, hmm, Sanatana Goswami asked the question. He said, because his pundit side came out, you know. <laughs> he said, oh, by the way, um, uh, I heard through the grapevine that in Puri, hmm, you explained the Atmarama verse some 60 different ways. Sarvabhoma. He knew that's incredible. Who is Sarvabhoma and what Mahaprabhu has done? And I wonder if you could, you know, explain those 60 ways to me too. What did Mahaprabhu say? He said, oh, I was impertinent. Hmm? Sarvabhoma is my guru, practically. I spoke up in some moment of impertinence. I cannot remember what I said that, at that time. But if you like, 
I'll say something about the Atma verse, and 60 new, dif- new explanations came from him. Hmm? <laughs> so, that, when it's all over, he said, you should know every word of Srimad Bhagavatam is Krishna. Hmm? This is an extraordinary idea. So, the implication is, this is not a dusty old book, you should... Try to plumb the depths of this. Bhagavatam says, Nastapreshu Abhadreshu Nityam Bhagavatam Seva. Study it regularly. It will be very nourishing. Hmm? And then what will you do? You explain it according to your realization. So we come to the last verse here. Let me go through it briefly. Hmm? He says, Tatra Kirtayato Vipra Viprasher Buddhejasaha Aham Chadjagamam Tatra he says, O learned Brahmins, Sutta Goswami speaking to the sages of Naimisharanya, when Sukadev recited Bhagavatam there in the presence of the emperor, Parikshit Maharaj, I heard that with rapt attention, and by his mercy, I learned the Bhagavatam from the great and powerful sage, Sukadev. Now I shall try to make you hear the very same thing. I learned from him as much as I have realized it. He says, he's saying, he says, yataditam yatamati. He says, I'm going to speak according to my realization. This is not, then he says, this is not an intellectual exercise. I had, was involved in a discussion with some devotees, and we, had, we published a small uh, booklet, uh, um, myself, Brenner Onion, it was uh, compiled uh, largely by, by my godbrother Babru, speaking about Prabhupada's sentiment for Sakyaras. My Guru Maharaj made very clear indications throughout his life, if you study carefully, collect the things that he said that he had affinity for Sakyaras. So there's no equivalent affinity expressed for Madhuri Rasa or any other. Uh, sentiment in his own private most moments. In fact, he wrote a prayer to Krishna, and there he expressed a desire to enter the the uh, uh, cowherding leelas upon finishing his preaching work and so forth. So, a whole body of evidence was collected, and someone wrote and said, "This is just mental speculation." Hmm? <laughs> I said, "No, there's a difference between speculation and shastra yukti, hmm? reasoning based on shastra." reasoning about the implications of what our Guru Maharaj said, what Shastra says about this, and putting that all together. This is called Shastra Yukti. This is indeed the best Praman, the most complete Praman, because you have Shastra, and you have the Yukti of someone, or the, the reasoning of someone who is faithful to the argument of Shastra, speaking about the implications of the text and so forth. That's why the class is better than the text itself, because it brings out more, hmm? than what we might be able to draw out, for example. And anyone who speaks. Therefore, for example, in Bhagavatam setting, Sukadeva is speaking. Who is Sukadeva? In relation to Vyas and Narada. He's much younger than them, but they came and sat. Nard came to sit. Vyas came to sit. Lips. When he speaks Bhagavatam. Hmm? So, I said, no, it is, it is Shastra Yukti, and um, and it's not speculation, it is, is my realization and it is Shastra Yukti. Hmm? Then he said, what is this, your realization? <laughs> it is just speculation, your realization. Hmm? 
I, I said, you see, if you practice, then you get, and this is how you, how I go about knowing things is by my spiritual practice. Hmm? So you do get something from that. There is some insight that comes, in nishta even, hmm? in ruchi, in asakti, what to speak of bhava bhakti. Hmm? This is for serious people. If your bhajan is anishta, that's another thing. Hmm? And conviction is different from pride. Hmm? I have conviction when I say, yes, this is my Guru Maharaj's sentiment. But it's not prideful because I got it from realization. What does that mean? By their grace. Hmm? I know my knowing about that is by the, by the grace of Prabhupada, by the grace of Sri Pujapad Sridhar Maharaj. Hmm? When we make progress, we know, oh, we've, we've got some mercy. So that doesn't foster pride, but it fosters conviction. Hmm? And if you have no such conviction about the issue, then what are you, the conviction police? Hmm? <laughs> I told them, if you have no such conviction, then you do what you should do to get that conviction because this is desirable. <laughs> Don't think it's not desirable. To have some sense what my Guru Maharaj's relationship with Krishna is, that I might pursue the same, for example. Hmm? Don't think this is undesirable to know. This is the most desirable thing to know. And it can be known. Hmm? And how will it be known? If you, at least in Nishta, you, start, you pay very close attention. Hmm? Very close attention to Srimad Bhagavatam and attendant literatures and to your practice. Hmm? Because Nityam Bhagavata Seva means two things. You study the Bhagavatam carefully, you serve the person carefully. Hmm? Person Bhagavatam. So you have to pay attention, he says. You chant Japa. You have to pay attention there. Hmm? Hmm? With everything, with mindfulness, what we do. Hmm? This is Nishta. Hmm? Not let thought may come, not letting the mind follow. This will bring realization. This will bring conviction. And this conviction in Nishta. It also shows itself. The devotee become very humble in nishta. Hmm? It doesn't mean he won't sit up and say, no, you are wrong. Hmm? Hmm? Because he, 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 there's, as I say, there's a difference between conviction and pride. Hmm? What is pride? Pride is someone with no conviction on the issue thinks he will take someone to task who has conviction on the issue. Hmm? No, his business should be to do what's necessary to get his own conviction. You may not be convinced with regard to my conviction. Hmm? That's fine. You don't have to be. Hmm? But you have no conviction on the issue yourself. Hmm? That's, where you're, that's your problem. That you should address now. Hmm? And that requires great humility. Hmm? So there's a, there's a difference between conviction and pride, and there's a difference between mental speculation and what we might call philosophical conjecture or shastra yukti, theology. Hmm? This requires, Rupa Goswami says in, in, in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu that in order to engage in shastra yukti, one has to have some ruchi, some ruchi to do this. It required some feeling for the text, some taste for the text. He can read, she can read, and go, aha, that is the implication. Hmm, the text is speaking to them. 
It's no longer medicine, it's food. Hmm? When you take medicine, you don't go, ah, I feel full now. When you take food, you think, yes, okay, I've got something. Hmm? So in sadhana, before ruchi, the practice is like medicine. When you take, come to ruchi, it's like food. Hmm? It's a meal to sit and chant and study the Bhagavatam. And you're tasting, ooh, look at this nice hors d'oeuvre here, this appetizer here, what's being, this is sweet here, hmm? this is very sour and strong point here and so forth. So <laughs> if we, we come to, if our bhajan becomes steady, our practice becomes steady, we can start to have some real, uh, and then over time it will come to ruchi, we can, we can actually theologize about bhajan. We have feel for that. Hmm? And we see people without, their, their bhajan is not steady. They, they quote the verse here and quote Bhakti Vinod says, we should never... Uh, uh, talk about rasa. Hmm? You know. Okay, well, he sure talked about it a lot in all of his books. And uh, you know, the fellow said, Bhakti, we know it said, you know, here's the quote. And his quote, he doesn't know what it means. He doesn't know what it really says. Hmm? I said, Babru has compiled a book under my direction that says a very, very broad and general thing. What is that? Prabhupada has demonstrated affinity for Sakiras. It's like saying, Rupa Goswami has affinity for Madhurya Rasa. If I say, Rupa Goswami has affinity for Madhurya Rasa, well, everybody goes, oh, you're speaking the secrets. Don't say that. Everybody says that. The Chaitanya Charitamrita is a more confidential document than the book we're talking about, Oh My Friend, compiled by Babru about Prabhupada's affinity for Sakharas. Far more intimate, far more confidential information is given there. We've only said, here's the evidence. Prabhupada has himself indicated. This is the evidence to support that. We would like that to be available to people. That he has affinity for Sakiras. And in the introduction which I wrote, I said, affinity for Sakiras, knowing the general direction is one thing. He gave an indication, the general direction. And now to, to, to get the address, the address, hmm, and go there in your own form, hmm, hmm, that you will have to practice that you will have to do your practice. Hmm? Meanwhile, Thakur Bhakti Vinod wrote a book, Navadvip Bhavataranga. Hmm? In the book he reveals, not that he has an affinity for Madhurya Rasa, but my form is this, it's this complexion, this is my eternal seva, everything about his swarup, he reveals. It's available on the internet. <laughs> this, this fellow said, you put some book on the internet, internet about confidential topics that's your mental speculation I don't know it's Shastra Yukti it's based on insight coming from practice hmm? and it it pales in terms of intimacy and confidentiality to and you're quoting Bhaktivinoda to what Bhaktivinoda Thakur himself has made public and is now all over the internet hmm? so so Yes, so many, so much, so much more there. So these are, there are, uh, there's a place for these types of uh, discussions and, and so forth. And they should be um, overseen or orchestrated or done under the auspices of someone who has some real standing in, 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 in bhakti. 
If I say, oh, this is my realization, who, who can accept? Maybe, maybe not. But then if I give evidence for this, and here is the evidence. This is what the Shastra says. My Guru said this here. This means this. See, according to this verse, you put it together. This is what devotees are supposed to do. This is how your time is supposed to be spent. Prabhupada told us, you sit down like scientists and study the books. Hmm? You can see, I'm living in the Bhagavatam. Hmm? It's big enough. Hmm? For the whole world, for the whole of Kali Yuga. This is the implication of these verses here tonight. So Sutta Goswami concluding this chapter says, I will speak to you according to my realization. Hmm? And what I, I heard, it touched me. Hmm? Now, I'm going to reflect on that. And what came out? Did he say exactly what Sutta Goswami, Sukadeva Goswami said? No, it's 18,000 verses and, and so forth. So, we stop there. Any question? Yes. Well, you were talking about the disappearance of Krishna. And I heard the other day how the arrow didn't even pierce his skin. And that actually, he was more or less taking advantage of the situation since Lord Balaram had already left. Did you say something about that? Well, yeah, these are the, the explanations of the Goswamis. There are many like that. To That it's an appearance of one thing, but if we look carefully, Carefully at it, we see that that appearance cannot be, uh, it, it, it's not what it appears to be. Mm. Yes? Also, uh, I'm just following yeah. how it's, uh, when uh, the Jarasava struck the arrow, the attack came in front of Krishna, he had to totally apologize to him, and he circumvented That's true, yeah. Times. And then Krishna actually um, told him, now, uh, Okay, no need to apply it. You, you have to go down to the corner, just go. Then he left. Mm -hmm. Then Daruku came because he uh, got the smell of Tulsi arrow. And Daruku came in front of Krishna at that time. And then Daruku uh, suddenly saw the Ratha and all the divine weapons, one of the is going to go down. Mm -hmm. And uh, horses, all this. <laughs> And uh, Krishna instructed Uddhava, the 1200 verses of Uddhava Sandhis, Uddhava Gita. Then all the demigods came, Brahma, Shiva, and everybody came to offer obeisance to Krishna. And suddenly there's a Krishna disappeared, like dazzling uh, mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, light. So even if we study the motion a little carefully, we see this is not okay. Ordinary passing. Hmm. So, anything else? Yes. Um, <clears throat> I've heard you say many times that love has the tendency to hide itself. Yeah. I've also heard you say that it has the tendency to share itself. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if it seems like that corresponds with Prajalila and, and Gaurila. And I'm wondering, um, like I read the book where Bhaktivinoda Thakur reveals his group and I didn't really think anything of it then, but now that you talk about it, it is kind of surprising that he would go that far. But he's talking about his group in, in Krishna Leela and Brajalila, but he's talking about Navadrup. So is that why he goes that far as to tell us? Because he was in such a magnanimous giving space in, in Navadrup, is that what you're saying? Yeah, we could. It's a good way of thinking about it. It's a nice point. You can bring that up sometime when you give class. Bhaktivinoda <laughs> mm. Tagore, influenced by Audarya, 
shared his Madhurja. Maramanga ki jai. Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Good premanande. Just see what will come from these discussions.